crime culture. I want guac. You've been saying you want snacks <laughs> for the past few hours, and we're not getting and snacks And I've gotten right no now. snacks. All I've gotten is Nesquik. No. But you know what we do have? We have, we have our guests s- today. Yes, we do. You, you, I, you want to say hi? I need an introduction first. This uh, is our new social media manager, Elisa. Hi. You have to hold the mic close. Hi. <laughs> Why are you talking like a sex phone operator? <laughs> a phone oh sex God. operator. Tell us a little. Tell That's everyone how she paid a little bit NYU. about yourself. What do you want me to say? She say likes like, long walks on the beach, pina coladas, walks in the rain. Just like you're Lisa. <laughs> you're she a just writer. Tried to deep throat her microphone. <laughs> I am Lisa. I am a writer. I work for Women's Day Magazine. She and does. I We're now- very proud of her control the instagram and twitter for crime culture so she is our unpaid throw intern. us some likes regram us and uh make elisa feel good about herself yeah. make me feel good about while her. you're at it while you're on our social media you can also go to our itunes and rate review and subscribe i mean you, you could, could do that yes i totally i totally thought you were gonna plug your own social media <laughs> no i'm not plugging my own social media <laughs> While you're also on our work social media, we'll probably you can also li- follow us on our personal social yeah, media. Yeah, we can link our personal social media on the website. Elisa's uh-huh. yeah. is at elisasucksegg69420. No, but that is my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> it is. If you know what her Wi-Fi if you If you can find Elisa is. and her Wi-Fi, you get free Wi-Fi. All right. And first tips so, on murder. Okay. So. Now we're going to talk about some murder. Okay. I'm ready. I... <laughs> Definitely think you'll like this one. But um No, I, I hated that one as much as the other one. <laughs> so it's Delphine Lalori. Fun, I think I know this one. Yeah, she she is Delphine. You have, you definitely have. Like I've I've known Elisa for a while, you definitely have. I guess we're about to find We will find out. As soon as I tell you, you'll be like, Oh I know. All right. Um, Delphine LaLaurie was born Marie Delphine McCarty or McCarthy, like there's records that differ, mm-hmm. on March 19th, 1797 in New Orleans, Louisiana, as one of five children of Louis Bartholomew McCarty, um, son of an Irish immigrant, and Marine Jean Lerable. Lerable? Wait. Her name is Marine Jean. Marie Jean. Marie Jean. I thought you said Marine Jean. <laughs> I was like, that's a cool nickname. That's no. dope. Marine Jean. What'd she do for a living? Play with dolphins? She, I don't know. She was she's, an immigrant. She's the, anybody remember As Told by Ginger? She's that little seal girl. As Told by Ginger. As Told by Ginger. 90s throwback. I'll find a picture and post it on the Instagram. Um... No, you won't. The <laughs> <laughs> Everyone stay off the Instagram. It's for Elisa only. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all right. All right. Take a breath. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Okay. Um, Marie, Marie Jean. Marie. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm good. I promise. <laughs> Want me I'm to fine. do your episode now? I'm fine. Collect I'm fine. yourself, woman. Are you gonna I'm edit fine. this out? We never edit anything out. We never edit anything no. out. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just gonna be forty minutes of me wheezing. Um, Marie Jean was also known by her nickname, the Widow that Comped, because she was married the, once. What? Whoa, whoa, the Widow that what? Comped? Was that Comped? 
I heard hump. The widow le compte. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. It's just, if you'll let me finish, bitch. Um, just so everyone knows, I don't know if the mic picked that up, but Caitlin's heel just squeaked against the leather chair and it sounded like a healthy fart. Hefty fart, if you will. Uh, just a nice round fart. I'm not going to make through this stuff. I have tears streaming the down my face. smell, but are also good for beans, you. Beans, beans, they're good for your heart. Um, we need to clear out the track. A cleansing fart. It's, yeah. It's, you gotta have some of nature's broom, some of the fiber. So Marie Jean. So Marie Jean Lecomte. Um, she, she was known by her nickname, the Widow Lecomte, because she was married once. (laughs) Okay, guys, I promise. She was married once before her marriage to Louis. Um, and in addition to, um, Delphine's parents being prominent members of their community, like, they were basically the socialites of their day. Mm-hmm. Um, her cousin Augustine de McCarty was mayor of New Orleans from 1815 to 1820 and her uncle Esteban Rodriguez Miro was the governor of the Spanish American provinces of Louisiana and Florida during 1785 to 1791 These some high class white people yes well not just white people because again she was born prior to the Louisiana purchase which we'll get into okay um, so her Uncle Esteban Rodriguez Miro was the governor of the Spanish-American provinces when they were still owned by Spain. Oh, all right. Yes. Um, so Delphine married her first husband, Don Ramon de Lopez y Angulo, a high-ranking Spanish royal officer in June of 1800. And like I was saying earlier, the Louisiana Purchase, which was on March 26, 1804, resulted in Don Ramon being called back to Spain, and he ended up dying suddenly in Havana, Cuba, while he and a heavily pregnant Delphine were en route to Madrid. So a few days later, their daughter and their only child together, Marie Delphine Borgia Lopez y Angula de Candelaria. Those are many names. Many names. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, it's like Esteban Julio de la Rosa Ramirez Rodriguez something. Um... So many I names. Almost I almost had it, but I haven't seen that show in like twelve years. I was I was just, he just too got old. Married. He who? did not. The actor who played him just to, got married to a woman. Yeah, to a woman. Ooh, I know his Facebook. I added him on Facebook a while back. He did not add me back. I wonder why. Because I because I butchered his name. That's why. Um, no one disrespects Esteban Julio. Esteban. I can't do it anymore. I was, I was like just too old for that show. Like oh, came out when it was like not cool for, for my Cody. age to watch it. One age, like the one year between our ages, is enough. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I hate you. Um. All right. So he dies, and then a few days later, their daughter was born. Um, she was known as Borquita or Little Borgia because she was named after Don Ramon's grandmother. And after the recovery process and whatnot, um, Delphine and Borquita returned to New Orleans. Um, So Delphine went on to marry her second husband, Jean Blanc, who was a prominent banker, lawyer, legislator, and merchant on June 16th, 1808. So eight years after the death of her first husband. Mm -hmm. They bought a house later known as Villa Blanc and had four children together. Marie-Louise Pauline, Louise-Marie Laurie. Marie-Louise Jean and Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanc. Were two of them Marie-Louise? One is Marie-Louise. 
One is Louise Marie, and then one is another Marie Louise. There's but I'm other assuming... names, guys. Come on. I guess Marie's like a, a big thing in the family. That yeah, because like keep it in. I, I'm assuming they went by the third name because it was Marie Louise Pauline, Marie Louise Jean. Oh, so and the first two names, I guess, are just I'm assuming status? they don't count. Yeah, because also, where where's Borquita? Um, because she was more she was Marie Delphine, yeah. Borgia. Yeah. So I'm assuming that it's a something like Hispanic that. A lot of Hispanic people go by she, their middle name. But she's not. She's like half French, half Irish. Those names sounded Hispanic. The first one is, it sounds Hispanic because her husband was literally like a high-ranking Spanish officer. Yeah. The the other ones, she's married to a French dude. Like Jean Blanc does not get more white or French than that. Yeah. His name is literally John White. Yeah. Um. But there's there's a lot of... Some white people do that too. Yeah. They'll have... Oh, I know. You know, if they're like a junior or a senior... Yeah, they'll go by the middle name. The middle name so they can differentiate from their father. But also, as far as, like, the culture goes down there in Louisiana, there's a lot of different cultures. There's Mm -hmm. um, the whole French culture, because there's There's the whole French French quarter there. There's There's all kinds of stuff going on down there. So being in that um, area must have, like... Right. Just adopted so many of these different exactly. cultural things. So you could have gotten um, like a Spanish type culture. Exactly. Yeah. Just from being in that area. Right. No, you're, no, I completely agree. But that's um, crazy that all of their children have the name Marie. <laughs> yes, in some form. Are they all girls? No. Um, three girls and a boy. And then. What was the boy's name? Jean-Pierre Pauline Blanc. Oh, okay. And. All of these children were born before Jean Blanc died in 1816, eight years after he and Delphine were married. Hmm. Um, so Delphine was prominently known as Madame Blanc or the Widow Blanc until she married her third husband, Dr. Leonard Louis Nicholas Lalaurie, who is believed to have born around 1805 on June 12th, 1825. So, uh, cougar! Yeah, right? what the, what's the age difference? Um, she was born in 1797. He was born in 1805. Math? Wow. Anybody? Social media manager? Math? Can I have those numbers again? <laughs> 1805 minus 1797. Everybody's probably screaming it at us right now. They're like, it's fucking six. It's definitely not six. But it's the pl- 1797, 1805. Only eight years. Oh, really? Not that big of a She fact. still could have fucking babysat him. It's just weird because they crossed the century. Let's yeah. Be, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. it's still eight years. That's still a little... Eight years is not so you would date. Deal. So you would date somebody eight years younger than you? Yeah, think not about right that. right now. Yeah, think yeah, about that. Yeah, maybe when you're in your 30s. Yeah, maybe when you're in their 30s short. and they're in their, like, early 20s just getting out of college that's and learning not... that there's more than just single-fly toilet paper. There's not, I mean, that's not that big of a A girl I went to high school with, her parents were 16 years apart. Uh, he was getting his driver's license when she was born. Uh, it's really not that big of a deal. Anyway. That's, that's creepy. So is, but it's also her third husband. Like, no judgment. There's other things I'm going to judge her on later. Yes. But also. <laughs> kind of, the murder? <laughs> um, what made you think that there was a murder involved? I, I mean, don't know. Just our whole um, podcast. Excuse you. Wait. This is Spoilers, a please. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so after they got married, Delphine on her own went on to purchase property at what is now the famous 1140 Royal Street, and she purchased that in 1831, and in 1830, I wrote 1833, but I could have sworn this was in 1832, I think I typed it wrong, um, a three-story mansion with slave quarters was built on the property, 
and Delphine lived there with Leonard and two of her daughters, and um, they owned several slaves on the property. I paused there because I, I wrote this late. Um, I've been writing these at night, and I wrote, <laughs> Good. she it's lived the there with Leonard and two of her daughters and Leonard, and she owned <laughs> So Leonard is very important to He's this. He's very important. Um, he very much I, lived there. Leonard possessed me to make sure that I put him in yes. twice. Um, so accounts of Delphine's treatment of her slaves between 1831 and 1834 are mixed. Um, but our feminists in the room will love this. Harriet Martineau, who was the first female sociologist, um, and also a British socialist and a Whig writer, not writing about Whigs like W-H-I-G, like the party. Um, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You know, not all of us can be NYU grads. Okay, Alisa? I thought you were talking about wigs that you put on your head, so. Quick aside. I helped Elisa with her NYU application, and she refused to put in Oxford commas. I am a staunch supporter of the Oxford comma. and You'll notice in our she... Instagram and Twitter, there will be a lack of Oxford commas. Yes, and you'll notice that I'll be twitching the entire time. Um, but so when Elisa explained to me that I she took she kept taking out my Oxford commas. You probably don't remember this. Kept taking out the Oxford commas, and I kept putting them back in. And finally, you blew up at me, and you said to me, "Caitlin, I looked on NYU's website, and they don't use Oxford commas." And to your face, I said, "And that's why it's not Yale." <laughs> They're very different schools. Yeah, one uses Oxford commas, and one's NYU. So they had slaves. So, who are the people at Yale? I mean, probably, um, probably at one point. Probably. So, yes. Yeah, so they had slaves. Um, and Harriet <laughs> Martineau. New Haven? Yeah, oh, God. We've all seen New Haven. Some it's of us better than others. Yeah. Um, but so Harriet wrote an account of what she saw during her visits to the LaLaurie Mansion in her 1838 novel, Retrospect of Western Travel. And she claimed LaLaurie's slaves were observed to be, quote, singularly haggard and wretched. She also wrote that public rumors about Delphine's mistreatment of her slaves were so widespread that a local lawyer was dispatched to the LaLaurie house to remind Delphine of the laws for the proper treatment of slaves. Jesus Christ. Um, However, during this visit, the lawyer found no evidence of wrongdoing or mistreatment of slaves owned by the LaLaurie's. The um, LaLaurie's. And additionally, in public... Delphine was generally, like, polite to black people and attentive to her slaves' well-being. And court records show that from that time, um, she freed two of her slaves, Jean-Louis mm. in 1819 and De Vince in 1832. Um, however, Martineau also recounted other tales of LaLaurie's cruelties that were current among New Orleans residents. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that after the visit of the lawyer, one of the LaLaurie's neighbors saw one of the slaves owned by Delphine, um, who was a 12-year-old girl named Leah. Oh, my God. Um, she saw her fall from the roof of the Royal, Ma- Royal Street Mansion to her death while trying to avoid punishment from a whip-wielding Delphine. Jesus Christ. Leah had been... Oh, girl, wait. Yeah. Just I, wait. I, I remember this story, think so about I know what, what happened. Yeah, I was going to say, think about what would warrant such a punishment. Like, think in your mind, why would she, like, like, do something like this? And then here. So Leah had been brushing Delphine's hair when she hit a snag 
And that caused Delphine to grab a whip and chase her around the house just because she hit a tangle. Jesus Christ. Tangles really hurt. I fucking hate you. I'm just saying. I don't think you're I would, fired. I don't think I would <laughs> go and whip somebody until they jumped off suicide. the roof. Yes. But still. well, no. But there's I mean, also whatever. I don't judge the way you handle your. There's also speculation. <laughs> there's also speculation. They don't know if Leah jumped, if she or tripped and fell, or... or if she was pushed. They yeah. just know that one they minute she pushed. was. One minute she was on the roof, and the next minute she was very much not. Wow. Um, so Leah's body was buried on the mansion grounds. Um, and then according to Martineau, the incident involving Leah's death led to an investigation of the LaLauris, which they in which they were found guilty of illegal cruelty, and they were forced to forfeit nine slaves. Here's oh, where no, no. How, wait, whoa, whoa. here's where it gets <laughs> fucked. Uh, that's what I'm just saying. That's what I'm going. That's what I'm getting. At. She they had a were socialites. They had a three floor, three story mansion. Three story, three floor in New three Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. They were socialites, I, though. I've said this. So wait, okay, yeah, they but had money. On average, how many slaves did one family have? What year was this? Eighteen thirty-two. Eighteen thirty-two ish. Eighteen Around 1832, 1833. But here's... While Elisa's doing her Google search, here's the fucked up part. So they lose their nine slaves, right? Yeah. A family member went and bought them back and returned them to the LaLauris. What a cunt. Okay. That's a word for it. The person... They got a family member to go buy them back and return them to their house so they could continue to abuse them. Ah. Yeah. Um, and so Martineau also recounted similar stories that LaLaurie kept her cook, who was a 70 year old woman, chained to the kitchen stove and she beat and Delphine LaLaurie beat her own daughters when they attempted to feed the slaves. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So here's where it gets this good. This is some power hungry bitch. Oh yeah, no, she is. We were talking earlier about BDE, big dick energy. She's got it, but she uses it for evil instead of good. And like Pete has, Davidson uses it to like nab Ariana Grande. She has secret big dick energy. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, like because like <laughs> when she's out, she like is like courteous to black people. Exactly, and, like, she hides it well. Still a socialite. Home, she she's a fucking she hides it well. Yeah, she hides she it. She whips well. that dick out. <laughs> she whips them with her dick. Um, Look at her. So, <laughs> oh my god. So Martineau also recounted these similar stories of the um, of the cook and the daughters helping to feed the slaves. I lost my place because we were talking about big dick energy. Um, so then on this is where like everything kind of hits the fan. Mm-hmm. And why am I why am I censoring myself? Shit hits the fan. Okay, talking um, about real shit here. We're talking about real shit. Um, so on April 10th, 1834, which is several months after the death of Leah. So yeah, Elisa, I guess she died in 1833. I'm still trying to figure out what the average, what the average number. Yeah. What? You mean the Google does not have this just like sitting around? I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not given the attempts to erase various forms of history in all aspects well wait so 
I mean, it depends. Did she, did they live on like a plantation? No. No, they lived. They lived on a property. Okay. Because if they lived on a plantation, it would make sense that they would have a lot because they'd have them working working for them. I'm still thinking they've got around like 15, 20. I'm just ballparking it. Yeah, but still like cooks. Yeah. Cooks and maids and people Uh, to do their hair. And yes, they did have a driver. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Groundskeepers and butlers and people to send out to do errands. Nannies. Doing laundry. I know, but still, how do you, how do you, how do you you constitute, like, how do you justify having 15 people working for you and one of them, their entire job is to just do your laundry? I mean, how do you justify owning people at all? This is a different time. I'm not even trying to dig into that madness. Right. I'm just trying to hit the... I guess if you have a lot of money, you can... And I'll spend it on nothing. Money. Money, honey. Okay, so tell us about the worst of it. All right, so April 10th, 1834. um, A fire breaks out at the LaLaurie residence on Royal Street, and it started in the kitchen. Um, When the police and fire marshals arrived, they found the cook chained to the stove by her ankle. And she later said that she had set the fire as a suicide attempt because she feared being punished. Imagine um, how bad that punishment had to be if she wanted to die in a fire. Oh, I she was already chained to a stove. I can tell you how bad. She got to burn to death. You want to hear how bad? I mean, obviously, I'm sitting here. <laughs> Hi. She said that um, slaves were taken to the top room of the house and then never came back. Yeah, but that doesn't give me specific. It means that they fucking died. What more did you want? And they don't know how. So she's like, I want to die on my own terms than from the crazy lady with the big dick. Uh, Yeah, go into what they found in that room. Yes, I will go there. I fucking know this. I've never heard this before. Go ahead. Because I don't remember if I have it in my notes. (laughs) You don't have all the fucking details of what they found when they went up into that roof? Just kidding. Yes, I do. Okay, you I just to. I just this skimmed ahead. I just skimmed ahead. <laughs> I'm not here to talk okay. about how all of her children have the same goddamn name. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Was Marine Jean I the am, mom? I am. I am. Yes, Mar- Marie Jean was the mom. Marine Jean was from Ma- Marie Jean. <laughs> Hashtag Marine Jean. Get it trending. I hate Marine you. Jean. I hate you so much. Um, the New Orleans Bee. I don't know why I said that with such a southern accent because I was born and raised Narlins in Connecticut. Bay. The Narlins Bay. Um, report, the Narlins Bay reported bystanders responding to the fire attempted to enter the slave quarters to ensure that everyone had been evacuated. I'm done with that. Um, but upon being refused the keys by the LaLauries, literally people were like, let us in so we can save your slaves. And, and the LaLauries were like, were like nah. let them burn. Um, the bystanders were forced to break down the doors to the slave quarters. And here we go, Haley. Mm-hmm. They found, quote, seven slaves more or less horribly mutilated, suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Elisa's very unhappy with these details. <laughs> she's she's clutching her pearls. Look at us. She's clutching her pearls. A, a, a distinct um, pout. Yes. Well, I mean, honestly, same. Um. And these slaves claimed to have, they were still alive, and they claimed to have been imprisoned there for months. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so one of the bystanders who entered the premises was Judge Jean-Francois Canong, 
who subsequently deposed to having found in the LaLaurie mansion, among others, a woman. I, I also edited this because there's some language that I can understand why he'd say it back then, but there's not a need. Was it the N-word? Several. Ooh. You can't say that. I can't say that, and nor would I want to. No. Um, a woman, quote, wearing an iron collar and an old... I don't know how to do the bracket thing, but I subbed out another word for black woman who had received a very deep wound on her head who was too weak to be able to walk. Um, Kenong said that he questioned Madame LaLaurie's husband, Leonard, about the slaves. And um, when he did that, Leonard insolently responded that, quote, some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle with other people's business. If that ain't a threat. Yeah, right? He's like, my wife's gonna whip her big dick out. She's gonna beat you over the head with it. That's probably what happened to that one lady with the head wound. Um, but so, yes. So this is what happens when we let white people run the show. This is what happens when we let white people just do it. This anything. is what happens when we let white people. <laughs> <laughs> when we let white people white. Um... A version of this story recounted by Martineau added that the slaves were emaciated, bound in restrictive postures, showing signs of being whipped, and they wore spiked collars which kept their heads in static positions. Mm. Lovely. Definitely how human beings should be treated. Um, And when the discovery of the abused slaves became more widely known amongst the community, a mob of local citizens attacked the Lori residence and oh gets better they quote demolished and destroyed everything upon which they could lay their hands jesus good um we need more angry mobs where did when did the angry mob time stop (sighs) probably about the time electricity was invented and they were like it's too bad imagine what we could accomplish today with an angry mob (laughs) right just everyone pick up pick I don't know. No, I take that back. We have our angry mom. We do. I was just thinking, like, Black Lives Matter and And things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was tear guest once. No, you were not. Yes, I was. Oh, I need to hear this. I was at um, a... I'm trying uh, to think of a way to put this. I'm not going to put the college. I was at a college uh, weekend festival. Was it ours? No. Okay. I will not. I I won't say it. Oh, I was I just curious. Yes, I was at. I don't a, know this story. It was like a, a big thing that they had every year at this college, and it was this whole drunken weekend. And as they often are, we went to um, a place where they were having lots of parties, and um, you mean like a college? No, no. It was like a. It was like a whole street that uh, like all the frat houses and stuff were on. Yeah, like that one in New Haven. So we went down there. And, you know, hung out for a minute. And then... Some um, devil's lettuce. Yeah. So some cop cars came and then they got uh, beer cans and stuff thrown at them. And then a um, tank, like a black no. cat tank came and uh, tear gas people. that shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it fucking hurts. Holy it shit, It gets in every, every pore of your body your you nose itches your, such your a full throat life. hurts your eyes burn 
It's not a fun thing. Yeah, but you can also go around and say you've been fucking tear gassed. That's that's no no, small feat. We weren't even in like the the thick. No, we weren't even in like the thick of it. Like where they were actually like throwing the the things with the tear gas in it. We were like a block over. Ew. Yeah, and I can't imagine the people that that were right there. Can that stuff get inside like a house or anything? Oh shit! If they tear gas inside a house. No, 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 I'm saying, so, so if somebody, if somebody, if you had all of your windows shut and everything, somebody tear gassed in the street outside of your home. Can yeah, if you have a vent that in comes your, inside. Okay, that's you, what I'm wondering. If you have, like, the air conditioning on. Uh, like, no, I was just wondering if you guys could have, like, gone inside to try to, like. Well, we, we went back to my friend's dorm, which was, like, this all happened, like, off campus at the, right. the street with, like, all the frat right. houses on it. We went back to her dorm on campus and like our eyes were just like burning. We're like, what the fuck is this? Because we didn't see oh them like God. getting like the, the gas cans. See, I don't see how stuff. this shit is necessary. I don't see why we need this. Right? I really that's don't. I really don't see why it's necessary. But that's not that's even an angry mob. Day. That's just fucked no. up. Yeah. Um, There's no real reason. What do you have info on how many slaves the Lalori's owned or did you die on that no, hill? No, but. Speaking of murder, she died on that hill, everybody. No, no, no. I didn't really die on the hill. I just found something more interesting on the hill. All right. So, in... I found a rabbit hole on the hill. In 1850, a slave cost approximately $400, which in today's money is $11,000. So, imagine how much money that family had. I told you. She's literally related to she was married and that's to that's 1850 what they they got their slaves in like 1830 30s so i but it's approximately i'd say about the same i would say around ten thousand dollars i'd still say it was around 11 yeah 10 or eleven thousand dollars that's insane yeah yeah between between 11 and 12 actually jesus per per person yeah you know what that so, makes you know that really just makes me want to eat some fucking cake Later. Oh, please, I promise. Finish your story. All right, my story. Um, I don't know what the fuck accent that was. I should just go back to Southern. Um, so then a sheriff and his officers were called upon to disperse the crowd that were tearing apart the LaLaurie home. Yeah. Shockingly, tear gas was not used. Um, I but don't know if it was an invented. It probably was not. Well, no, because tear gas was originally mustard gas, and mustard oh, gas yeah, was invented true. in the early 1900s. Boom! Science! Um, but so, yeah. Um, by the time the mob left, the Royal Street property had sustained major damage. Um, this is what they mean by something everyone can get their hands on. Yeah. Um, quote, scarcely anything remaining but the walls. Oh, my God. <laughs> The slaves were taken to a local jail where they were available for public viewing. And the New Orleans Bay, the Nolens Bay, reported that by April 12th, up to 4,000 people had attended to view the slaves to, quote... Why were the slaves taken to jail? Because they had to keep them somewhere. Put them up in a nice hotel. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, right? But also, how many hotels can you think of, not only that existed in New Orleans back in that time, but also that would allow black people to live and sleep and I eat know, there? No, that's just so sad that they it got out sad. of that terrible situation and then they got put in jail. I'm sure, though, I'm not saying this to so people can belittle come and their... Them? I'm not saying this to belittle their experience. Yeah. I am not saying this to justify this treatment. That's just what but it that's was probably at the time. Ju- that's still... Jail is probably better than where they were. Yeah, probably. 
Um, it's like it's like when people commit more crimes to go back to prison just because it's a comfortable place to sleep. It's a comfort. It's like somewhere yeah. you can sleep. It's somewhere you can like get food. It's just not all crime is motivated by monetary gain or greed. Sometimes it's literal survival of the fittest. Yeah. But um, so yes. Um, so these people would, uh, up to 4,000 people attended to view the slaves to, quote, convince themselves of their sufferings. Jeez. So it was a literal, like, I need to see this to believe this because it just sounded so, and that's when you know it's bad, when heavily Southern people are going to see these slaves who have been just mutilated and abused beyond reason and just absolutely treated horribly. Yeah. And these people are, these white people are going, yeah, that's too far. Well, lots of people who had slaves, like, even though they had slaves and they owned people, they were still nice to them and they still treated them, like, with respect. And in a lot Uh, of cases, I'm not going to say the vast majority. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't think it was all gone with the wind. No. (laughs) Um, but not everyone was fucking torturing their slaves and fucking I don't think chaining I, them to stoves. However, twelve years a slave was a was is seen as an accurate account. It came from a slave's first hand account. Yeah, and he bounced from like plantation to owner to whatever. Yeah, I guess. Haley hates it when I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just trying to the pout you had. My, my hope is that not every every person I know it was would be nice to believe badly. that. However. Look at what we're doing to people right now. Yeah. No. And that's all I'm going to say on the subject. Um, the Pittsfield Sun, writing several weeks after the evacuation of the LaLaurie headqu- slave, <laughs> the LaLaurie headquarters, no, the LaLaurie slave quarters, um, and they cited the New Orleans advertiser, claimed that two of the slaves found in the LaLaurie re- residence had died following their rescue. Um, the, pit- the Pittsfield Sun added... We, quote, we understand that in digging the yard, bodies have been disinterred and the condemned well in the grounds of the mansion, so like a literal well, yeah. um, having been uncovered, others, particularly that of a child, were found. So there were just bodies buried all over the property, thrown down wells, not wells, like a well, but yeah. like just literally all over the place. Um, so after the fire in 1834, Delphine's life is not very well documented, shockingly. Yeah, right. Um, kind of hard, kind of hard to come eye. back from that. Yeah. Um, however, during the mob's overtaking of their mansion, it is known that Delphine and Leonard LaLaurie took to their carriage with their faithful Creole black coachman Bastion. That bothers me that this poor black guy is still like, yes, I will yeah, help that's, you guys. That's weird. Um, no, I, no, it's not weird. It's just, it saddens me so much that he's clearly been so Stockholmed. Yeah. And gaslit and just it like that breaks my heart. But um, because also they're inside their carriage. He is sitting there on the box. Yeah. Driving the carriage. um, And they swept through the crowd and with their horses lashed to the full gallop made their way out of the city. Martineau wrote that the carriage reached Bayou St. John where a schooner was secured. All right. Is it schooner? Is it schooner? Is it, is it, I don't know. It's a big fucking boat. I don't think that's it. There's not another R in here. (laughs) S-C-H-R-O-O-N. S-C-H-O-O-N-E-R. Schooner, right? Somebody help us. I don't know. Um, 
because, um, so the schooner was secured, and they know this because on April schooner. 21st, schooner, thank you, thank you, social media manager slash researcher, schooner. researcher. By the way, um, it also means a tall beer glass. Oh, Same hi, word. hi, Michael. Two definitions. Um, Michael loves his craft hmm. beer. He's, he's quite the connoisseur. Um, so where a schooner was secured, did I do it right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, you did. Um, where a schooner was secured, and they know this because on April 21st of 1884, I mean 34, my bad, whoops, um, the LaLaurie's were in Mandeville across Lake Pontchartrain at the home of Louis Coquillon, and there Delphine signed a power of attorney that placed her son-in-law, Placide Forstall, in charge of her affairs, and her husband, Leonard, signed a similar document in favor of his wife's other son-in-law, Auguste de Lassus. And from Mandeville, the Lalories made their way to Mobile, Alabama, where a ship took them to France. So they literally fled the country. Yeah. Not not that they did not have reason to, because I'm sure they would have been torn apart. Yeah. So by the time Martineau personally visited the Royal Street Mansion in 1836, so this was about two years after the riot at their house happened. Mm Mm-hmm. It was still unoccupied and badly damaged with, quote, gaping windows and empty walls. Jeez. And I'm all right, I'll get to this because I, I will mention like what became of the mansion because that's pretty fucking interesting. Um, neither Delphine nor her husband ever returned to New Orleans. Again, shockingly. She remained in Paris and she lived there honored and respected in spite of the lurid tales that lived after her in New Orleans. They still were like, oh, she's a socialite. Oh, she's so cool. I don't understand that. Tortured and killed. Oh, she like tortured and killed. Yeah. Um, So, following her death on December 7th, 1842, her body was secretly returned to New Orleans and buried in St. Louis No. 1 Cemetery. Um, George Washington Cable, who's an American novelist known for his works that depicted Creole life in a pretty accurate way. Um, recounted in 1888 a popular story that LaLaurie had died in France in a boar hunting accident, but that story has yet to be proven. Um, in the late 1830s, Eugene Bacchus, B-A-C-K-E-S, Bax, Bacchus, um, who served as sexton to the St. Louis Cemetery Number no. 1 until 1924. Um, I don't understand. I think I typed that wrong again. Oh, well. Um, he discovered an old cracked copper plate in alley four of the cemetery, and the inscription on the plate read, oh boy, Madame LaLaurie, née Marie Delphine McCarthy, décidée à Paris le 7 décembre 1842 à l'âge de six with something. Um, wow. I can't, I can't, I can't fucking French. Um, and but it roughly translates to Madame Lalaurie, born Marie Delphine McCarthy, died Paris, December seventh, eighteen forty-two, at the age of sixty something. And according to the French archives of Paris, Marine Delph- Marie Delphine Lalaurie died on December seventh, eighteen forty-nine, at the age of sixty-nine. So, like, they didn't put sixty something on the thing i believe the i'll find the i'll find a picture of the plaque mm-hmm. but it was like he couldn't make out the last thing oh okay. but that's very clearly her because 
like who else would have died on that day with that name dying in her 60s I just knocked my microphone over gesturing to Elliot that I want snacks we have our resident right, we're gonna have Elliot read this yes after. we have our, our resident French speaker Elliot Francophile who, he's gonna read the uh, inscription that Caitlin just butchered hi butchered pick a mic any mic that's right. Take Caitlin's mic away. We're from stealing Caitlin's mic. Hi, everybody. My name is Elliot. I'm the person that brings you the this lovely show every single week. What am I? What am I reading? The stuff in French. The inscription on the plate yes. read. Yes. Madame La Laurie, née Marie Delphine McCarthy. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Décédée à Paris le 7e décembre 1842. A l'âge de six, and it cuts off, which roughly, which roughly Don't translates... Don't look at what it translates to and tell me what no, you think it translates him, to. let him continue in the French accent. Tell, tell you what I think it, it... translates to without even looking at it's it. It's very basic. Mad- Madame Lalaurie, born Marie-Delphine McCarthy, um, something at in Paris, the 7th of December, uh, 1842, at the age of six. I don't know what décidé... It, it's something about decided or... I don't know. Maybe deceased? Décédé à Paris le 7e décembre. Well, yeah, died. Died in Paris. Woo! Okay, I there you go. I speak French. No, you don't. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Now, Caitlin, you should say it. No, I should not. I already did say it. I'm not saying it again. Not after that. No, we that. used it once. Yeah, not Thanks, a- Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> should, should we bill Elliot as our translator for this episode as well? <laughs> bill him for what i don't know all I, right so I, that was... I did like eat a quarter of his waffle while he was trying to fix our microphones that's okay um okay so that was the inscription yes that was the inscription and again she did die at the age of 69 <laughs> um so folk stories of la Lori's abuse and murder of her slaves circulated in louisiana during the 19th century and were reprinted in collections of stories by henry castellanos and george washington cable and cable's account which is not to be this i saw in multiple things so i felt like it was important to put in here not to be confused with his completely unrelated novel madame delphine which was published in 1881 there's no it's her name but it's unrelated it's it's <laughs> basically um and his cable's account was based on contemporary reports in newspapers like the nolens bay and the advertiser Nolans. and upon martineau's 1838 account in but unrelated. her novel um and after 1945, however, accounts of the LaLaurie slaves became more explicit. Um, Jean de Levine, who wrote in Ghost Stories of Old New Orleans in 1946, alleged that Delphine had a, quote, sadistic appetite that seemed never appeased until she had inflicted on one or more of her black servitors some hideous form of torture. Um, Delavine also claimed that those who responded to the 1934 fire had found, quote, male slaves stark naked, chained to the wall, their eyes gouged out, their, ingerna- their fingernails pulled off by the roots. Others That's had- just mean. Why do you need to do that? Oh, it gets worse, Buttercup. Ugh. Buckle up. Um, others had their joints skinned and festering. 
great holes in their buttocks where their flesh had been sliced away, their ears hanging by shreds, their lips sewn together, intestines were pulled out and knotted around their waists. There were holes in skulls where a rough stick had been inserted to stir the brains. <gasps> yeah, this is the shit that I remember. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard the rather loud gasp from Elisa. Elisa's not like a real like true crime person. No, That's why she's our social media no, person. But we but, love like, her anyway. Not a huge fan of this details. However, however, if if you're looking for something to make you feel better, Delavine did not cite any sources for these claims, and they were not supported by the primary sources. So this very well could be false. I don't think it's a hundred percent false, but I do think it's a like a real yeah. big like. Uh, it's a good. They story. embellished, yeah. yeah, yeah. He embellished quite yeah. a bit. Um, and this story was further embellished in the novel Journey into Darkness, Ghosts and Vampires of New Orleans, which was published in 1998 by Kalila Katarina Smith. And she's the operator of a New Orleans ghost tour business. So Smith's book added several more explicit details to the discoveries allegedly made by rescuers during the fire, including, quote, a victim who obviously had her arms amputated and her skin peeled off in a circular pattern, making her look like a human caterpillar. And The there, fuck? Yep. Yep. Um, and there was another who had her limbs broken and reset, quote, at odd angles so she resembled a human crab. Many of the new details in Smith's book were unsourced, and others were not supported by the sources given. So again, this could very well be false. Like, yeah, most likely false. Again. Yes. Um, so today, modern retellings of the Lalori legend often use Delavine and Smith's versions of the tale as the basic for their claim, basis of their claims of these explicit tortures, but... I mean, and and the number of the slaves who died under LaLaurie's care was listed, has been listed at as many as 100. Oh, my God. Um, in these modern tales, though, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, however, in addition to the written works that detailed Delphine's life and crimes, poet Jennifer Reeser wrote a poem titled, quote, The LaLaurie Horror, which chronicled the LaLaurie Mansion's history and folklore and is kind of written as a... Um, I'll quote it as a poetic ghost tour. In 2000, Ted Nicolau directed a found footage movie called The St. Francisville Experiment about people who spent the night in a disused Louisiana plantation house and they encounter hostile ghosts. And the fictional camera crew find physical and supernatural evidence that suggests that Delphine reached this house and continued her cruelty there as opposed to fleeing France. She just went to some random plantation house? That's, yes. Well, that's why the film scored a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, well. Yep. Mm, There you have it. And then there was another film titled Trespassing, which was directed by James Marandino in 2004. And it's also known as Evil Remains. And it was about a grad student of folklore leading his friends on a research expedition to an old plantation estate near New Orleans. Um, and the estate is associated with a woman whose story takes inspiration from that of Delphine LaLaurie. So Delphine's um, likeness is also used in many video games, including and probably most notably the PC game Dead Time Stories. And Delphine LaLaurie is also, I found this so interesting, the stage name of Andrew Bell, who is a Glaswegian musician, 
I think what that's how you say of, it. What kind of musician is that? G-L-A-S-W-E-G-I-A-N. Glaswegian. 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 What is it? I don't is know that how an many instrument? More, I don't know. Please what? hold. Yeah, I don't know how many more pronunciations I can do before Elisa does her research and figures that out for me. I think, I'm assuming he's from, like, Glasgow, but even yeah, then. Yeah, from Glasgow. Oh, hey, look at oh, me go. Oh, it's somebody from Glasgow. Bon okay. Yori, I thought it was a type of music. I thought it was an instrument. <laughs> no, I definitely thought it was a place. I just didn't know where from, but that would make sense that it would be Glasgow. Um, and that's his stage name? His stage name is Delphine LaLaurie. I'm assuming he's very uh, Marilyn Manson. But, um, however, the most well-known, probably, portrayal of Madame Delphine LaLaurie would be, and Elisa's gonna go, oh, as soon as I say this, Kathy Bates in the third season of American Horror Story, which takes place- I didn't watch American Horror Story. Yes, you did, didn't you? I remember we talked about it. Because I dressed up as Madison What's-Her-Face from the third season, from Coven. Didn't know what you were. Yes, you did. You took pictures of me. <laughs> um, so she, Kathy Bates, portrayed Delphine LaLaurie in the third season, and it takes place in modern-day New Orleans. And during the modern times, Delphine is featured as a ghost, and there's also flashbacks that depict Delphine's life and crimes in New Orleans when she was alive. And as a whole, she makes for a good character because not only does it take place in New Orleans, but the season largely deals with themes of, like, oppression and uh, prejudice and racism and other issues in addition to the series' usual supernatural themes. Meanwhile, let's get to this house. At some point prior to 1888, so the house had been standing there in shambles, and unowned up until 1888. In the condition that the angry mob had yes, left it in? Yes. Up until, so for four years, and then it was restored. Over the following decades, it was used as a public high school, a conservatory of music, an apartment building, a refuge for young delinquents, a bar, a furniture store, and a luxury apartment building. Well, what a history this place has. Oh, honey. It's been everything. Honey, you don't even know what could be, I don't want to say worse. But I guess more iconic, not necessarily, or infamous, infamous may be a good word, than any of those. I don't know what. In April 2007, the LaLaurie house was purchased for $3.5 million by Nicolas Cage. Wait, I think I did know that. <laughs> no fucking way. I think he, I knew he bought he, a murder he bought the fucking house in April 2007. And to protect the actor's privacy, the mortgage documents were appeared were arranged in a way that Nicolas Cage's name did not appear on them, but he owns the fucking house. There are a couple of celebrities that live in my town, and my town's a pretty small town. Small. But uh, they, like, their names are not on the information. Mortgages. yeah. No, there, it has to be on, like, so, like some legal documents because oh. you need to have the person's name. Oh, but this is what they usually said. they'll put it in, like, an LLC. Oh, or, like, maybe because his last name is Coppola in yeah. real life. His stage name is Cage, so they may yeah. not have put Nicolas Cage. Yeah, maybe. Wait, is he related to Sophia? He is. He's cousins with Sophia, and he's nephew of Francis Ford, and he's also cousins with um, uh, Jason Schwartzman. Is he really? What? I believe so, yeah. I believe they're all cousins. Holy shit. 
Rolodex of useless knowledge coming in hot. Um, so yeah, so on November 13th, 2009, the property, which was then valued at $3.5 million, so it stayed about the same, um, was listed for auction as part of bank foreclosure and was purchased by Regions Financial Group for $2.3 million. So Cage doesn't still own it? Cage no longer owns it. Aww. Cage is too busy trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. Calling um, him Cage is so funny. <laughs> so what would you prefer to call him? Nikki? Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicholas, go back to your murder house. Make me a cannoli, Mr. Coppola. Um, the LaLaurie Mansion was sold to so many various owners because of the tale that it was haunted. And a midnight rendezvous for ghosts. The principal ghost is, according to the most frequently quoted tale, that of Leah or a girl that fits Leah's description. So people assume it's Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, another tale is that the ghosts of the slaves who were buried all over the property and in the well continue to walk the grounds. And the general impression that the place was haunted was sufficient enough to keep superstitious people from passing the house after nightfall. And because of all of this and the fact that N-Cage purchased and owned it for a while um the house has become a hugely popular attraction for murder and paranormal aficionados interesting yep and that's the story of our girl delphine what a freak i think i'm gonna name my daughter after her bitch i'm sorry delphine delphine's a cool name yeah i like the name but i feel like like... it'll be murderous Alrighty then You, you reminded me of that one character from Parks and Rec just now. I can't think of his name, the loud guy. He's like, I have a condition and it's called caring too much. You reminded me of that, just so you know. <laughs> and it's incurable. <laughs> I hate myself. But yeah, no, she was pretty fucked up. Like, she reminds me a little bit of like an American Elizabeth Battery. Yeah, I was going to say that because she had a whole different personality she had a, when she was yeah, out. Had a, and, then, and she was very heavily in the public eye and she committed all of her tortures behind closed doors in her mansion. Yeah. In her own little, like, chamber. And it's just, it's real fucked. It's real fucked. That's crazy. Yeah. So. What a fun time. I, I'm sure Delphine's enjoying one of the many circles of hell. Probably. Yeah. Well. Yeah. What an episode. Right? Have I earned my cake? Maybe. We'll think about <laughs> <You're> it. You're the worst. <laughs> uh, first, we're going to plug all of the things. All of the things. We're on everything. If you go on Tumblr, our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yep. We are at crimeculturepod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We are at crimeculturepodcast on Instagram. Yep. You can email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. You can. You can also Facebook message us. We got a couple Facebook messages. We do. Fun times. Our girl Autumn is really, really kind. And Shout out. Yes, hello, Autumn. She is very, I don't want to say insightful. That's not the word I use. She's very. She's a very hands-on listener. And she's we very engaged. Her very much. Very engaged. We, I love that We could that use word. a bunch more of those. She's not engaged, actually. She's married, and her husband also listens. I mean engaged but- <laughs> with the podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, that was an evil fucking laugh. Did you hear that, that was shit? Terrible. That was That was some Yzma anyway, from Emperor's New Groove shit. Say hi to Elisa 
on all of our new yeah. stuff. Yes, please. Tell More her, followers are a good thing. Tell her about like She's the Oxford the team. comma and why we need it. Because we do. I don't want you. You get away from that microphone. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I want to get hashtag marine gene trending. <laughs> <laughs> that is my one goal for this week. Please make it happen, oh, listeners. Honey, please, please keep dreaming. That's not going to happen, but okay. Well, we can try. We can try. It's been a fun Do it time. for marine gene. Um, I yeah. just picture like a, a murdering mermaid. I don't know why. Marine. That's I'm why. I'm picturing more of like a, a Steve Irwin type. To be completely Marie honest, like a woman oh my with God. like goulashes Look at and goulashes. That That's how you say it. Goulashes. goulashes. Mm. Goulash is a fucking food, Elisa. <laughs> it's not a food. It's a dish. It's something it's you cook. It's a food. Yeah, it's something you cook. It's a food. Whatever. What anyway, yes, I know that certain things you cook, like meth, are not food. But for the most part, things that you cook are food. Let's let's move on from Maybe this. Maybe we should. Thank you for this. listening to the podcast yes, thank this you week. So much. We'll we love see you, you a next Tuesday. Yes, please. Goodbye. Wait a minute.